Congratulations, you made it to the XFIL. You can sit back and relax, unback your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us on that journey. We have heard you over and over on Hideout Keeping, so we're going to be doing something a little different. This is probably the shortest one you'll ever hear. But we do think it's important to give updates from time to time, so we will do that. We're just not going to do it on every episode. So for this one, this is the first short one you've got, and we're done. So all you need to know today is the best way you can support the show is to share it with a friend. And if you're looking to find me specifically, you can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and in Discord, all at the handle MTB Trigger. So with that, the quickest hideout keeping ever. Ronald, how are you, man? Let these fine folks know how you're doing. Hey, what's going on, everybody? The best way to find me is in Discord. Send me a DM at the top of the list right next to MTB. We'll get back to you. You can also follow me at Ronald Gaming on Twitter. And you can always email the show at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. So that's it. We promised the quickest hideout keeping ever. There it is. But tonight... The man, the myth, somehow he got back on the guest rotation. Our bud from the north, Mr. Geekse. How are you, sir? Hey, guys. What's up? 10%er. Mr. 10%. I've been on 10% of these episodes now. I feel good. It's actually going to be a little more than that. This is 39, and you've been on four. I mean, you're owning. 11 that's, and a half. I don't know. That's, that's true. It's like, it's. I feel like we got crit. <laughs> <laughs> Since the last time you've been on, you kind of went through some major, I would say, life changes, but uh, you're in a new setup. So anybody who's watching YouTube right now or has been in Geek's stream since he's been back, he took a little hiatus there, but he's got a brand new scene behind him and he's moved into a new place. So how'd, uh, how'd the move go? I mean, you bought a house, right? Yeah, we bought a house, which was crazy. I didn't think that was going to ever happen. We're super lucky and fortunate to be able to be in that uh, position. and. We decided to put our finances in buying a house. We're super happy, but there was a lot of work that had to be done, obviously. I can't buy something brand new or anything like that. So we had to do a lot of work to the place. I had to take off a lot of time from YouTube. I had to take off some time from streaming. I'm really happy where we are. There's still like two uh, of our bathrooms are pretty torn apart right now, to be honest. But it's just the way it has to go, you know, until we can fix things up and I can get to them. But we're we're super happy. I'm, I'm super lucky. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag Love you guys, and uh, that's all. Yeah, yeah, man, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it, it's 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 still crazy. Like I still like I still tell the messes. I'm like, can you believe we own this? Like, you know what I mean? Like I've rented my whole life over 30 years now, and it's just like, can you believe we own this place, honey? Like, can you believe that? Like that's that's wild. It's awesome. The grass feels different a little bit when you own it versus when you're just renting somewhere. So it's so true. It's good stuff, man. So tell us about the new setup. So you changed your scene, right? So, for your so yeah, I, I went away from green screen. I've wanted to do that for a while, but I've just been, I don't know. I, I So it's a funny story. I, I did all the changes, I would say a year ago. I bought the camera. I bought the lens. I bought all the fun lighting behind me, all the fun stuff. Like 
$2,500 worth of stuff I bought so I can go away from green screen. And then I set it all up one day and I was just like, I hate this. This is stupid. And I decided to just return it all. So I went back to green screen. You know, I've always enjoyed green screen. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I moving into this place, as you can see, if you if you don't see behind me, I have a really massive bookshelf behind me that's built into the wall and it goes like another three levels. But the camera only picks up two. But I, when we were looking at the place, I was like, this would be perfect to like have no green screen. And, you know, I, I drilled into there so I can put some uh, light strips in there and stuff. And, uh, you know, it just I just think it's it's different. It kind of brings people into my house almost it kind of shows you like oh these are my interests you know i got my pot figurines i got my 1989 batman figurines up here not open because i'm hashtag nerd and uh you know it's it's just like i like to show off a little bit of me in the background but the cool thing is if i want to i can still go green screen you know i mean i can still get one of those elgato portable green screens throw it up if i want one day and i'm back to green screen nice what so one of the things i've noticed is you always seem to have like an awesome hat on and i see that row right behind you mm-hmm. is that just a collection thing is it like what are the hats because they're kind of blurred out in the scene which i think looks really sick yeah thank you uh the the hats uh, you know quick shout out to cdn hats it stands for canadian it's called cdn hats they're out of Kelowna, which is right close to where i live in kamloops and uh they do like they do a bunch of hats i have like the winnipeg hat i have the um the Kamloops hat of course you know they have Toronto hats Edmonton hats and, and I just I just really like these style they fit really nice they're snapbacks and I have a bunch of them I support uh this company quite a bit and soon enough actually it's making me because I've always worn hats my whole life like I'm always wearing a hat and uh soon enough we're gonna have geek say hats like this so I'm really excited that uh, that's coming soon that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome I'd get one of those well cool man well it's awesome to hear that you're in the house. I mean, <laughs> whenever you get into a house, like there's always projects. Like oh, you've dude. got two bathrooms now, but it's going to be everything. Well, here's here's the thing. I was like, I, I have not not been to a Home Depot on the weekend. I've been there every weekend. Like it just feels like now my home's Home Depot. I'd always drive by Home Depot and be like, oh, like they're always jammed. Who's always there? Homeowners. Homeowners are always there. It's crazy how often we were there, especially when we started painting the place and doing all these projects and just like, it's so funny, like this house was given to the previous owner from their parents. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter how expensive it is, if it's a car, if it's a house, if you didn't buy it with your money, you kind of just it's it's something about that getting given something. So he kind of like they let it go. I got to tell you, though, I am a little bit nostalgic for the 8-bit fireplace, man. Someday you got to have to bring that back during the winter sometime. So what I'm looking to do, and I'm, I'm still in talks with some mo- with my mods about it and some other people, but I want to sell that whole setup, that whole background and uh, give the money to charity because it's a really good background, right? It's a great green screen background with the fireplace, the window. You can change your scenes to like the uh, seasons and whatnot. And I think I, I don't know how much it'll fetch. It won't fetch much, but like it's just something fun. Like I'm not going to be using it. I want someone else to use it. And I want the money to go to a good cause. So I'm thinking about maybe just selling the background to someone do like an auction or something. Yeah. But yeah, I get it. The 8-bit fireplace, like people the first week were like Googling 8-bit fireplace for my background. You know what I mean? Like, and I get it. I've had that for three years, over three years. I had that background. I I mean, I actually don't know what you guys are just talking about because I was sitting here like trying to smell Home Depot. You know, that that smell that you walk through the door. It's lumber. It's it's just just like like, it's it's lumber. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just lumber, but yeah. it's Home Depot, man. You yeah. walk in and it's like, what's up, homeowners? I'm here. <laughs> you know what you know what it smells like? Expensive. You know what I mean? Like That's it's true. so expensive. Everything is just like, how much does this cost? Like, why? Why does this cost this much? But I pay it. I have to. Yep, we all do. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just wait until you have to repaint every room. <laughs> we already repainted. The, the The best part about when we got this place was we're, again, lucky enough that we rented our apartment for an extra month. So no one was here. So we like did all the painting and did everything when no one was here. It was still a headache. Like It was still like I was trying to do content. I streamed a little bit for a little bit there and then I, I stopped and then... Uh, funnily enough, we're getting another dog next weekend. So not this weekend coming up. We're getting another Frenchton. So another Buna, but a male version. So we're just like giving ourselves like so much stuff to do constantly now. Nice. That's awesome. Well, if you happen to tune in and you haven't heard the previous episodes we've had Geek on, this is his fourth episode. And I just really quickly wanted to let everybody know. So Geek is a uh, he's a YouTube creator. He's a Twitch streamer. He has some of the best beginner guides out there for Tarkov and then he does things like money runs and just all kinds of stuff gun builds like you name it in Tarkov he's probably got a video on it and then I even heard of some new money runs that maybe you're working on tonight before we started recording yeah I was working on some I'm trying to get one money run and uh done a week because I I think they're really fun like my money runs are kind of different I'm not showing you the best money runs what I'm doing is I'm kind of just picking an area on a map or a locked room or something and we go loot it like 10 times and then I show you all the loot that I got and I sell everything to sellers. I think that's the most important part and people don't quite understand why I do that. But like I sell everything to the sell uh, to the traders, sorry, because that's the least amount of money you'll get from it. So it's like if, if you want, you can add 30 percent anyway. So then we average it out through um, we average it out over 10 runs and I say, yeah, you know, you can expect on average about this much and what i'm really excited about is this new one i'm doing actually called try this gun so what what i'm doing with that is community members are going in my discord and just posting a picture of a gun build they use daily so not their meta builds not their meme guns but like guns they'll use in everyday scenarios in tarkov and then i try them out i have fun with them and then i show that build and i give credit to the person and it's called try this gun and and I think that's a big thing that's missing, especially in Tarkov right now. It's like, if you want to use a foul, this is the build. If you want to use M4, this is the build. And I don't like playing like that. I've never played like that. I'm just kind of like, hey, I want to put this on there. I have this. I have this. Well, and I think you brought up something in the last show, I think it was. But it was about how there's not really good filters for what you have available. Like if you've unlocked or seen stuff and where you get them. Mm-hmm. So it's like you kind of get to this point where it's like I either need to make a meta one or I have to search through all of this stuff that's not really easy to sort through in the uh, weapon modding screen right now. And I think you were the one that recommended it. it was like they just need drop downs like level two traders, level three trader, whatever it is so that or things I have access to from the traders or something like that. What I was complaining about was, you know, I did talk about that, but my big gripe was so the issue with presets right now. So you can see everything you can build on a preset right now, right? You can see like you can put this site, this site, you know, you can put this grip, this grip. But the problem is it doesn't show you which ones are available from your traders. It just says which ones you right. have found before. And I think that's, you know, that's something I post on Reddit. That's something I've talked to the developers about, you know, 
use only available from trader parts. I think that would be so good for newer players. I think that would be great for like at the beginning of a wipe because at the beginning of a wipe, things change. You know what I mean? Like this gun and this attachment used to be over here. Now it's not. You know what I mean? Like say the next wipe's not your first one. All the stuff you've discovered before, it's already discovered. So everything's going to be available on the preset again, right? So it, you're going to run into that problem. Yeah, and I think that was something that when I finished last wipe, I didn't think to reset my account either at the end of the wipe or at the beginning of this one, because truthfully, starting in the middle of the wipe and then playing through the end, I really didn't know where most of the stuff came from. I was either buying it on the flea market or I just had unlocked it from leveling and didn't really know it. So when I was trying to build guns at like level 15, I actually had no idea where anything came from. And the preset screen became completely useless to me, which was kind of a bummer, but it did force me to learn where I could go buy some of that stuff. So it worked out, but it was in the moment it was like, oh, wow, this is going to be completely useless to me till I'm level 40. Yeah, the gun building process when you're early on is uh, unless you have a lot of tribal knowledge in Tarkov, it's really overwhelming, I would actually say. It's, It's interesting because it would be, I think, good every now and then to wipe your account specifically so you can remember how to do that, especially in that like level one to 10 range, like what's actually available, you know, what you can actually do. Well, that's why like uh, Deadly Slob and a couple other guys I know, they they wipe their account before wipe just so that they could like kind of start over again. You know, coming from non-gun background, like I'm the most non-background person you'll ever meet. So learning this game, I didn't I didn't know anything about really calibers. Like in Call of Duty, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like I shoot an M4. I don't know that it's 5.56. I know it's an M4. I know the guns. I've always known the guns, but I don't know the, the, the ammo that it uses and whatnot. So to be honest, this game is really taught. Like I know quite a bit about guns. I'm not going to say a lot, but I know a lot more now that I've played this game so much. Yeah, and I think that's the... I mean, if anybody's, again, brand new folks, that's why we like Kevin Geek on here because he's kind of, he's been around long enough but he he messes around with with new guns, with new areas, with keys, the videos, all of that. And today we want to jump into a couple different things. We actually want to jump into uh, what has recently come out from Nikita and Battlestate in the Russian podcast. Uh, we want to talk about you know where the game's at right now, what's going on, and that's it's probably going to go hand in hand there with some of the stuff we're going to talk about that came out of that podcast. And then we're also going to maybe talk about some PVE if we can get that in as well. So let's jump into this Russian podcast because I really do want to dig into some of these new features, new ideas, or things that may or may not be coming. Most of all, Geek has a video out on this. So if you want some extra knowledge on this, make sure you go watch his video on it. We're going to hit some of the highlights. We're going to kind of go down this list. So one of the things that we learned from this video, from this podcast was that there are fail safes for cheaters, but they're not banned right away. So when you guys heard that, what does that make you think about what's going on with the cheating problem in the game right now? My initial thought is that I don't think they have any idea how to stop it. If they're going to just allow cheaters to to cheat because they're trying to do some kind of reconnaissance, after all the changes that they've made to the game to combat RMT, to combat cheaters, and all the things they've already changed, which have you know, depending on your opinion are good or bad or you're indifferent, but definitely been controversial, right? Whatever your opinion is. If if that's the answer, that they just don't, they're just going to let them go. I don't know how that makes the game more fun, I guess. They're not just letting them go. They're actually trying to learn from them, right? That's what they said. They said, 
they're letting them go so they can see what they're doing, see where they're going and stuff of that nature. So I don't want the, I just don't want the audience to think like, they're just like, yeah, we're done. You know what I mean? Like it kind of sounded like that for a second. That's all. Sorry. I'm very protective of the cheaters. No, of, of, <laughs> of uh, you know what? I, I, I'm just ever since this was brought up guys. And I'm really sorry, Ronald, that I, I did cut you off. I apologize. But ever since this was brought up, there's always been that conspiracy theory that that BSG is letting cheats go so that they can sell more copies or all they're doing is banning for this. And it's, no. it, it really kills me because you you listen to Nikita talk about this game in podcasts and everything. He's so passionate. No one wants this stuff. Just because someone buys 10 copies, it doesn't mean they're not losing 30 people. They're smart people. Nikita's a smart person. He knows that if he lets this run rampant, that's the issue that it's causing. You might sell 20 copies to the one cheater, but you're going to lose 50 viewers or 50 players. That is awful. Awful math. Yeah. I think the hardest part about cheating and the battling of cheating is there's always going to be this barrier between the general legit population, which is probably 99% of players, right? And what the developers have to deal with. And when I say that, what I mean is that, yeah, they can study cheaters, they can ban them, they can do all these things, and they're going to learn a tremendous amount, whether or not they watch them for a day or a week or a month, but they're never going to be able to come out and say, well, this is what the cheaters were doing. <laughs> this is what we learned from that. They just have to act on it. And that's the hardest part is we're really never going to know exactly what was going on unless they change a bunch of stuff and we find out about it like retroactively like, oh, yeah, back before 12.8, this is what we kept seeing from cheaters. But we're never going to have like this live update feed. And I think that's the hard part is really the only thing that happens to me as a player as it relates to cheaters is I get killed by them from time to time. And even then it's like, was it desync? Was it a cheater? Like there's, there's been some obvious scenarios. I haven't ran into them to a, a whole lot, but I have seen it out there. And I know we've all probably seen clips or streams where it's been happening pretty frequently. Yeah. I do think though, that all of the countermeasures that have been put in place to combat the cheating, right. That have been specifically said by battle state, we're doing this, you know, to combat the cheaters, doing this to combat this, we're changing the game for this and that and the other thing. I just think that it you have to remember that BSG is a small company as well. It's not like they have, you know, thousands of developers all around the world working on Tarkov. From my what I understand, it's probably still less than two hundred people that run the whole game. He said it in the podcast. I, I found it really interesting because I didn't know I always wanted to. They have hundred and fifteen people on the Battle State team and thirty people that are uh contracted out. So hundred and forty five people. Just like, okay. Go on. Awesome. So, I mean, that's not very big for a AAA game. I think Tarkov's going to have to eventually just go persistent and the cheating problem will get a lot better because right now the cheating is incentivized because there's always a wipe coming. And so there's incentivized to constantly cheat at the high end, you know, to always be the best. But eventually if Tarkov is persistent, in my opinion, I think the motivation to cheat is a lot less because over time everyone just gets to the certain point just like most mmos work but what do you think about that geek uh i think so i think any game has cheaters i don't think you're ever going to get rid of cheaters i don't think there's anything that you or i or Battlestate can do we can they can definitely dampen how many of the cheaters there are it's interesting because i talked to one and i was listening to a um to a talk with fair toss hat yep but mm -hmm. i had one jump into my chat and you know, I didn't ban him or anything. I was just legitimately interested 
in you know why he was doing it how much it cost you know I, I, you know we didn't give any details on where you can go cheap because he he even regretted it just like the guy in veritas's chat but um it cost 20 dollars a day which is pretty standard which is ridiculous and you have to think like I, i've probably said this on the podcast before but if i haven't when you hear rmtiers you have to think cheaters so when they're talking about rmtiers they're talking about cheaters because 20 dollars a day is so expensive. So how else are they going to recoup that cost unless it's by selling items, right? Because $20 a day is crazy. And eventually it's just not fun for them anymore, right? Like it can't be fun. Eventually they said, he said, eventually just lost his luster. Like it is fun to go from a crappy player to this, like not even God because he would still die, you know, but to pretty much a God. I think with how much People are expecting there's cheaters out there and the the whole meme of head eyes being out there, you know, oh, head eyes, head eyes. And it's funny and whatnot. But, you know, when you see that, you feel like your head's just like uh, 10 times bigger than everything sometimes. Right. But like, you don't know if that's desync or if that's just a stutter issue. And the other thing that I, I really I'm really upset with people lately about is like if BSG comes out with anything cool or they showed that new Vepper silence Vepper hunter recently that was really cool looking. And like half the comments were like, fix the desync first, fix this. Why aren't you guys? To me, it's like, you don't think they already know about the desync. You don't think they're already trying to fix this stuff. Like they know about it. It's not like you got to tell them. They know that that's like, they're still trying to do that, but they still have to start putting other stuff out in the game. They can't like have asset builders doing something that they're not like they can't do. So why would you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing is it's compounded by a number of things. And it always has me thinking about, you know, to the best of your knowledge, say one year ago, how big do you think Geek the player base was total? Dude, look at look at the Twitch numbers, right? Like, look at the Twitch numbers. The Twitch numbers like that December, I think it was December of last year, right? They had the drops event. Yeah, that's that's kind of my point, though, is I, I want to compare. It's insane. But I think, you know, while we're talking about all this, you know, you guys doing this podcast just shows, you know, I think what everyone's about is passion about this game because there's nothing like it. Right. Like, that's the big thing about this game is I love this game so much because this scratches an itch that I can't just quit this game and go play COD. It doesn't have the same itch. I can't quit this and go play. You know what I mean? Like, I think it does show like, don't get me wrong. I I know there's haters in every community, but I really think it does show like how much people love this game and how much they want this game to be quote unquote perfect. But they have to realize it's not going to be perfect. You know, it's just with 145 people, their their idea of this game is just so big for 145 people studio. Yeah, I, I agree. And and that's kind of my roundabout way of asking, right? So I, I guess in my mind, the, the factor was 10x, right? Yes. I mean, I like, say, was it 20,000? Is that fair? Before well, the, he, before Nikita, the big Nikita explosion? Said on a podcast, he said, if this game hits 50,000 concurrent viewers in that December thing, we're screwed. So it was it was way below 50,000, right? Yeah, okay, right. And it went to 200,000 concurrent players. Right. And so the reason I bring that up is whenever I think about the cheating and the RMT and then this head eyes meme that has come out. Okay. This is a hard game to get into, but 
a tremendous amount of people have come into the game. A bunch of people that came from other games. Like, I know tons of people that came from PUBG to this because I talk to them all the time. But there's also people that came from the Call of Duties. There's people that were on console that saw this game blow up and they built a computer just to play it. And so one of the other things that's happening, I believe, is not only do you have this problem with RMT, with cheating and and desync, whatever else, I also think this game attracted really good FPS players that, again, it takes a while to learn this game. And so I think Head Eyes has also has a factor of there's a lot of good people playing this game that are skilled in FPS because the player base is much larger. It's just like any big FPS game, the longer it goes on and the more people come into it, there becomes these skill brackets instead of just like one pool. And when you run into someone who's really good in this game, it can feel like a cheater because they can dominate you. Now, when you've been around a while, or if you've been around FPS a while, you know the difference between somebody that just is flat out cheating, whether it's a speed thing or they just teleport somewhere or whatever, which is, I've seen all of it now in this game. But there's also that factor, I think, that's being added in is that I think this new player base that is quite literally 10 times the amount of people that were playing it picked up this game and are trying it. And some of them are mastering it right now and they're still playing because it's still pretty fresh. Like I still enjoy raiding and there's some people that have been around a while that just aren't right now. It makes sense, though, because when you're shooting at people, you're always aiming for the head. Like, it doesn't matter what what game you come from, FPS-wise. Like, you're always aiming for head. That's why I think the head-eyes meme is a meme, even though it's just, it's naturally what we all go to is that head hitbox. It's the best hitbox you can go to, right? Especially in Tarkov. Yeah. Yeah, so what's interesting is, do you think, Geek, that there is a, a different variety of players now than there was a year ago before the drops event? For sure, for sure. I, I, I don't want to say more chads but definitely more chads right like i'm not gonna say that there wasn't like this is the best meta gun there's always been meta guns and everything but i think with just this amount of people and people coming in from other games everyone from other games it doesn't matter what game you want to play you're always looking for what's the best so that just got that just blew up right like People want to know what's the best and people want to run the best and they love watching, you know, the, the, the landmarks, the willers, you know, any of those those guys like Ghost Freak that can, that can crush. Right. And, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, I think there, there's definitely a place now for everyone in the Tarkov universe. Like you, if you want to go see the Super Chads, there's the Super Chads. If you want to see the beavers like me, you know, sometimes I go Chad. Sometimes I'm just going to go look for some wood, you know, like I'm just uh, I'm not a Super Chad by any means. Sometimes I try to be Super Chad and then I remember why I don't play like a Super Chad because I'm not that guy. But I, I think it, it attracted a lot of people. But it also there's a ton of people like. You know, we lost a lot of people with the flea market getting find and raid. You know, there were people that would just play the flea market. And now you can't do that. So we lost a ton of those players. There's people that just like to do scav runs and not lose anything. There, there's everything. But when I talk about things, I'm always talking about the bell curve of this game, right? So the worst thing I ever said that happened to this game is the Chad versus the rat debacle. And, and that's because, you know, I've probably said it in another podcast, but, you know, don't shoot me if I have, guys. But, like... I don't think you've talked about it here. No. No? Like, you know, at, at one end of the bell curve, you have the rats, 
or you know the people that are just super cautious play really slow like really slow and and then on the other end you got the people that just run and gun like it's call of duty the in-between is 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 both spectrums right like and that's how i play right like if there's a moment for me to go like oh i hear him he's reloading or he's doing something and i have my mark i'm gonna go or sometimes i'm going slow because i feel like oh there's a lot of stuff happening i'm just gonna take it slow see where i go but everyone acts like there's it's just like this or this it's one or the other you're either this pool or you're this pool but in reality there's so much in between it's it's crazy it's it's kind of funny you brought it up that way because we just came off of an episode where we were talking about choke points and specifically somebody being more defensively mindset versus an offensive mindset and one of the things that we realized as we talked about it was for me as somebody who's a little bit more aggressively of a mindset player the most exhilarating moments in Tarkov for me where I have the most fun is when I get myself in a position where I have to be patient and I successfully conquer my gut saying I need to go, (laughs) right? I need to go run this guy down, but then I'm patient and then I see two guys or three guys and I successfully take them out. And then we did the flip side, which was, you know, Ronald's like, you know, I, I play a little bit more, again, it's not like, He's sitting in a corner, but he's he's much more strategic. He's much more, you know, I know my area, I know my route, and I'm going to run that. But then he was talking about how he has the most fun or the most fun moments occur and the exhilaration occurs when he finds that moment where he can switch it, right? You're talking about a bell curve where people kind of mm-hmm. play and can float between. And we talked about the same thing as choke points where when a player can realize the moment that they were playing defense, defense, they got that enemy to move, 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 and boom, now they've overexposed themselves and then they attack. That's an exciting time and it's really fun. And so I wanted to paint that for you just now based on what you said, because I want to ask you this, what situations in Tarkov when you're in a raid are the most fun for you? Well, you know, I just want to you know, to add to your point quickly, I think this game rewards patience. I think a lot of people get frustrated about people hiding in a corner or in a dark room and they're acting like they were there the whole raid and they might have been. But this game is all about waiting, being cautious, picking your moments to come out and attack and, and you get rewarded for that. Right. Like I, I get it that if you if you're used to games, you know, I, I Call of Duty is just an easy game example, but if you play any FPS game, you know, you die, you got come right back in, you don't lose anything. With so much on the line, it's smart to be very cautious about what you're going to do. But the most exciting thing, um, the, the, the excitement I get is like, okay, I'm going to go, let's take, for example, interchange. Okay, I go up the back stairs interchange, I hear two guys going up escalator. They don't know where I am at. So the most exciting time to me is that I outplay someone, right? Like I have a game plan in mind and it it executes perfectly. And even if it doesn't execute perfectly, as long as it like I had that idea and it did work, that's the most exciting, right? Like because you're using your game knowledge, you're using an idea that you know, like, okay, if they're going this way, I go this way. And even if you like, I don't care dying as long as it's in a good gunfight or it's fun. But I, I truly believe that, like, you know, they went up escalators. I went up the back way and I'm going to try to snipe them because I know they're in tech light. And if I do that, it's like, oh, uh, it's 10 times better. I don't care if they're not that kitted or they don't have much loot. It's just like I feel good because I executed on my plan successfully. 
I, I actually love that breakdown. And whether that was an actual scenario that you were thinking of, or there's another one, could you actually break down the thought process? So like, if, if that was a scenario, will you break down like, what was your plan and like how you executed it? And what you were thinking about while you did it? Because we, we actually had an awesome comment from a new listener that typed into Xfil tonight mm-hmm. that said, I love listening to playthroughs. Mm-hmm. And I think the most exciting thing for me personally is thinking through when I had the most fun. So I'd love to hear you break either. If that scenario happened, I'd love to hear you break it down. Or if you had one. I've had millions of those scenarios. Like uh, th- there's two that come into play though, right? Like, so yeah. when, when you're hearing the stairs at interchange and I'm near the back, I'm always like, it doesn't matter who I am or where I am in the game. I'm always, if I'm going to the second floor of interchange, I'm always taking the back route. So if you guys don't know that there is two back doors, you can either take them from idea or from Ollie. They're just outside of both places. You go through them and there's a computer room, but through that is also stairs that lead to the back side of second floor. And I'll hear people rushing those uh, escalators constantly to get either the medical room or to tech light to get the good loot. And I don't think people realize that if you get all that loot, you're just a loot pinata for the next person. So there's no point of rushing somewhere because now you've just become a, a loot pinata and you're weighed down. So um, the, the, the best scenarios are those where I'm coming up the back stairs, I'm looking I've got a long range because it's interchange or my favorite one is actually also shoreline because I've always loved shoreline. But in West Wing, there's a drop down to the second floor from the third floor and it looks over that barbed wire that you can jump to to go to 218 and whatnot. And you'll hear people near the barbed wire or, or looting their, that area and they don't check above and just dropping on them and and spraying them down like I, I've killed multiple three man teams doing that. Because A, with three-man teams, you're in complete chaos mode because, you know, you don't know who's who, really. And two, it's element of surprise always works, right? But I think when it comes to those the, that exciting gameplay, it's because I know the map so well that in my head, I'm already, already routing, okay, if they're going this way, what are they doing next? It's just like Halo, right? Like in Halo or Call of Duty, you're guessing where the player is going to go or where they're going to be or you know if i if i strafe this way they're probably going to peek that way so just executing on that plan is it's just like sniping someone like if you see someone in a distance and they see you and you're at like a like a one-on-one battle and you're like i think he's going to peek this right now and he does and then you headshot him it's just there's no better feeling right i agree i i love the um i i would just say anticipation right when you successfully anticipate what they do to me that's actually an awesome moment one of the most fascinating things that actually ronald brought up on the last episode was he actually uh, brought up this concept of playing for a stalemate meaning that there's times where you know there's not really an advantage for either player to push or back off and a stalemate's okay and it has me thinking about some of the (laughs) pvp encounters that i force myself into when i probably shouldn't but like in those same scenarios, is there anything that would happen during that fight or that PvP encounter that would cause you to be like, I'm out, I'm yeah, done? Yeah, for sure. Like, so if if I see like if I go the back way of interchange, right? Like, let's say I'm in the back stairs of interchange and there's a three man tech light and say I pop one and the other two know my position really well now. And like, it's not like I have many places to go. So I have like, I think that's an issue with a lot of players is they feel like they watch a lot of streams and 
they go right after him. There's so many people that do back off, but you know, for the show, I'll even stay there a lot of times. But I know, you know, I'll die a lot and I'll be like, I, I should have just done this. You know what I mean? Like, that's my big thing is after I die, I like to explain like, okay, I should have done this. This was my mistake. You know, I, I try to explain stuff a little bit because I know where I went wrong for sure. But I think a lot of people want that loot right away instead of being like, okay, I can go back downstairs. I can try to like, I can try to run away into say, um, Goshen and then try to go across to the idea side, go up those back stairs and try to hit them from long hallway. Now, do you know what I mean? Because most of the time they're waiting for you. They've, they've, probably are waiting for to see if you'll pop your head out 30 seconds you might have enough time to run and reposition and just wait for them on another angle and that's an issue or that's an area where i would say hey it's okay to stay in this corner right now because you know where they are you're not a rat or anything it's just you're waiting you're you're playing strategically you know it's not like you're just waiting because you know someone eventually will come by this area it's literally i know they're down there and they're probably going to push this way see actually Geek, I think we've reached a, a new milestone on the show because I think we both completely agree on this point. <laughs> well, that's the show, guys. Hold Thank on. you so much Hold for coming on. to the actual podcast. Well, <laughs> only took four, four episodes. For Geek, only four took four out. episodes. Huh? <laughs> because the reality is, I think that Tarkov has... And I asked you a question earlier. If you think the player base has changed, mm-hmm. and that question had a follow-up question, which... We went down a different area and a different different hole. However, it's still relevant to what we're talking about. Because I think that the Tarkov player base has changed quite a bit. And I think that Tarkov doesn't reward the Giga Chad from Call of Duty. You know what I mean? Or from Valorant or from any one of those kinds of games. It, it does The game doesn't do that. Tarkov rewards kind of the 4D chess player kind of Chad hybrid. And to me, I think that the Giga Chads are loud, are a loud group of people. And what I'm, what I'm kind of wondering is if the game was mostly Giga Chads before or mostly aggressive players before, you know what I mean? And the, it, so it was just normal. That play style was normal. And then you introduced a bunch of casually, maybe not as engaged people or not from a perspective of availability of time, but equally skilled, right? And just in a different way. Because one of the things that I have noticed about Tarkov as I've gotten better at it is I don't have to play a lot, but I survive a lot. It's just the way that I play and I get plenty of kills and you can use gaming environments and go to places where aggressive players typically go and you use the environment against them. You use their aggressiveness against them and you can bait them into doing things that puts them at the disadvantage. And so I'm just kind of wondering if that's different than it was so before. I, I don't think it, it's different. I think I think there's always been those types of players like that's where the meme came from, because there's always been those types of players. Hell, when I first started Playing Tarkov, I made a uh, like I, I made a guide on you hiding in factory as a scav until the last five minutes so that you can go get loot because I was always broke. So I would hide in factory, pop out the last five minutes and then just go pick up a ton of loot and then leave. Right. So like th- there's always been those different play styles. I just think it's it's amplified itself a lot and there might be more, you know, like those giga chads now or something. But I think that it's always there. And I, th- I think the issue comes down to, like I was talking about, again, we're going to use this example of interchange. Say I was on one on three and I kill one guy and then I giga chad to him. Right. And I down them and it's awesome. And don't get me wrong. It, it, it's cool because I did giga chad. But then I look and they're like, 
you know, they're they're they have like MP5s not modded and maybe a Vepper Hunter. I'm like, ah, whatever. Like it, it's what it is. I, it, it was cool for a second, but if you killed the one guy and then repositioned and then like had a game plan and you did all the Stratego stuff and then you killed them, it doesn't matter what they have on them. You're like, this was awesome. Like this, this is the way that I'm so happy. You know, you get this other gratification coming. You know, I, I honestly don't think the game has changed from if there's more Giga Chads or anything. M maybe so, but I think it's just there's more of a vocal. There's more there's more people now to yell at people like we all we always knew what this game was like. We always knew there was issues. I also think that not a lot of people have seen where this game came from and to what it is now. So they're just like, get this done, get this done, where it's like, I know it's 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 stupid to say it. I know it, everyone's everyone's sick of hearing it. But, you know, seeing this game, what it was just even a year and a half ago compared to now, it's it's a totally different game, good or bad, because there are some good things and there are some bad things added. But it, it's it's progressing so well. And everyone, again, just doesn't understand that this isn't Activision. This isn't Blizzard Studios. They were under 100 people a year ago. You know, what I mean, they were, they were under 100 people. And the thing is, they're Russian. So everyone complains about hiring people, but it's very difficult because a, you know, they don't pay much in Russian, not going to lie, or in Russia, they don't pay a lot there. But also you have to be able to speak Russian because even though Nikita can speak English, no one really else does in, in Russia. No, I'm not going to say not no one, but when I, when I went to Ukraine with my girlfriend, because she's from there, it was very rare to find someone that was like fluent in English. So it would be so hard for them to like talk about what's happening unless you are fluent in Russian. So it is hard to to get a development studio around this, right? Do you think the game's changed though? Do you think like you guys were kind of since that December rush, don't get me wrong, but do you see more uh do you guys think you see more of the Giga Chad mentality? Do you think they're just a vocal minority that's just super loud? I think that if I could take a model and make the most sense out of it, I would say we could take your bell curve and it probably hasn't moved a whole lot, but when you 10x the bell curve, it increases the chance that you will run into any part of that bell curve player base more frequently. Mm -hmm. So if there was 10 players in Tarkov, there's one Ultra Rat, one Ultra Chad, and then you know eight people in the varying mm -hmm. scope of that. But when you multiply that into the hundreds of thousands of players, there's a potential that you load into a raid like interchange and you get nine <laughs> or whatever many people can load yeah, in interchange. Yeah. My point is you get the rest of the lobby is just completely classics, armor, meta weapons, everything. And they're all sprinting around like crazy. Or you could get a bunch of level twos that have no idea what's going on. And they're crawling from bush to bush because they're worried about the noise. So I think any game that you 10x the population though, the most effective strategies or the things like meta guns or the best routes to run or how to do something the most efficiently, like you brought up the way to earn money. Well, when 30,000 people are trying to figure out the best way to progress, there's just no other way to say it than 200 and whatever thousand people are going to figure it out faster. There's going to be more information, more guides, more people doing it, more people trying it. And that amount of information will change the player base. I think in general, the longer a game goes on, and especially a game that was around for a few years, and then it explodes, now you have a huge chunk of fresh eyes 
that are going to take what the historical Tarkov audience and player base had, and they're going to build on it now. And look, I didn't have to go discover everything, dude. I watched your videos. I watched Pestiles. I watched Veritas. And I consumed that stuff so fast that within a couple of weeks, I was able to be pretty confident that I was okay. Now, I had tons to learn at that point, but it wasn't like I was figuring this out two years ago and seeing where it's come. So I agree with you. There's a lot of people, myself included, that have no idea where the game came from, but this massive chunk of the player base is mostly new and building on with fresh eyes what was already discovered. I don't know if it matters where the game came from anymore, to be honest with you. There's so many players in it now that the Tarkov that was is, I'm not even sure if Battlestate's going to the same place that they were even six months ago. I think they're trying to deal with a much larger population and they're trying to figure out much bigger problems than they had before the game really kind of blew up. So I think was find and raid planned or was it a reaction? Because that is a massive shift. Yeah, it was definitely a reaction, I would say. I don't think that was planned, but who knows, right? Like no one knows what's in the mind. This is Nikita's vision. He does. He did say that he is you know, getting closer and closer to his vision, which is I, I, I'm i super excited for. Right now, it's like you want to see the Giga Chads go to Shoreline, go run 222, 226, and go to 110 East Wing. You know what I mean? You want to see those Giga Chads, that's where they'll be. You know why? Because the high value loot's there. We need dynamic loot more than ever right now. I think dynamic loot is something that in a game right now where there's only one set of currency and it's so easy to make money for a good chunk of the population. I'm not saying everyone, guys. I know a lot of you guys are yelling into your mic. I, I know, you know, you have to realize that if it's easy for the giga chads, you know, the, the knowledge based players to make all this money and it's easy for them to get whatever the, they want, there has to be something that changes. I'm not saying that's the flea market at all. Like I, I like we can get in this debate because people, you know, that was a huge thing Slush Puppy brought up and you know, I talked to him about it. It's it's not about the flea market changing. He just wanted a discussion and people had a friggin meltdown, like a meltdown because like, don't take away this. Don't take away that. But I think what he wanted to do was have a discussion over stuff, because if if, if you're worried about dying from the chads all the time because they have the best gear and everything. Well, it, it, it's so easy for everyone to make money in this game. Like Willers made a hundred million in the first nine days, a hundred million rubles. But that that kind of goes to Ronald's point, though, is does it matter now where the game came from? And then there's always this there's two key trains of thought. And one was where it came from and what it was. Mm-hmm. And then there's this vision comment that gets thrown out all the time. And then it's we have to be playing and enjoying the game right now and having fun now. Otherwise, the vision doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, Ronald, you kind of transitioned off that. I want to go back. Do you guys have fun, like, having millions and millions of rubles and, and, and stuff like that? Like, I'll answer quick because I want to hear Ronald go back into his thought. But I'll say this. I enjoyed playing the flea market. This game doesn't have anything for me to do right now when I don't really have the mental state of wanting to play a hardcore game. Mm-hmm. Or I can just sit down and do where if I had 15 minutes earlier this year, I could log into Tarkov and do some trades and do some economy stuff that made me feel like I was progressing. And none of that I feel like hurt other players, even PvP minded players. Me having more money 
doesn't hurt the Giga Chad. No, no, it no. just doesn't. There's no way that hurts. But them. that does not hurt. So the I Giga don't Chad. see how it hurts. It hurts the the other players, right? Maybe, maybe. I I think that again, we've we've hit this ad nauseum, but I think that locking the flea market behind this behind a level cap or any of this stuff can can be argued that it hurts lesser players but i guess i look at it and say none of what they've done and what's what the vision is doesn't really matter because it's what's going on right now does having a bunch of money fun to me no but getting rubles is fun so anyway (laughs) i mean we went way off ronald i Maybe we circle back, but I I love the concept you brought up because my brain's racing right now. So you go. (laughs) So what I'm trying to understand, Mm -hmm. and this is an honest question, is who do you think the flea market concept benefits the most? And who Uh, does it hurt the most? Yes, yes. I know this is a a bait. I know you're baiting me into this. I'm actually actually not. No, no, no. no, no, I'm I'm actually not. I know, I know. I think it benefits everyone. I don't think it benefits one player over the other. See, I'm not going to let you get away with that because there is an answer to this question. Oh, so you are baiting. So this is no. a bait. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to go on a thought exercise here to help help people understand this because people lost their mind with the slush puppy thing because of perception about this topic, and I think we can. We can talk about this no, and for throw sure. out some ideas. I, I don't think let me like let me stand on my hill here, die on my hill and say I don't think getting rid of the flea market is the answer. I think the flea market should stay in the game because yes, it does help newer players probably 70% more than it does say the chads and whatnot, but it still does help either faction going forward, right? Because if you have unlimited rubles, you can just go buy everything now, right? I think the issue right now is how stuff unlocks. I think once you unlock tier two, you know, you really don't have much, you know, and I think that is the issue because ammo is such a high tier thing to get. Like if you have good ammo, it's better than everything in the game. That's all you need is good ammo. And where good ammo unlocks is probably about tier three traders, except for 762 PS. I'm not like, again, I'm not. 100% 100% positive on this because I, I don't have everything in front of me, but I think BP even unlocks at level three. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not sure. I'd have to look. I always hear veteran players go back to this concept that, oh, it only unlocks here, it unlocks there, you know, this, that, and the other thing. As soon as I hit level 10, I was running the best ammo because I knew how to make money. Mm-hmm. The traders are almost irrelevant to me. Yeah. I want to get back to this point of, who does the flea market help and why does it matter so much to a certain group of people that some players don't have it? And I, I have a lot of experience with this because both of you are much higher level than I am. Mm-hmm. I think I'm sitting at level 27 mm-hmm. because I don't care about tasking at all. I've said on the podcast a few times, I don't care about getting Kappa. doesn't mm-hmm. interest me at all. And I, I this wipe, I have personally, I think, experienced what the flea market is and what it isn't. I really want you to to help me understand who you think the flea market helps and who you think it hurts. I, I don't think it hurts. I, the flea market, I just, I just think everything is oversaturated. That's my issue with it because there's more streamer items in the game. There's more items in the game. You know, it's not like, like how often do you go into like a, a weapon crate, which is everywhere in Tarkov and come out with nothing, right? And I, I think... The fact that everything is so at your fingertips, it does lose a little bit of what the game, I guess, was then, 
right? It, it, we're talking about the past, it, what it used to be. Now, what it is now, it, it is what it is. You know, I still enjoy the game. I, I, I'm still, it is still the way it is. But I, I think, you know, what people want is more of that beginning middle Tarkov. You know what I mean? Like, if people want to go run the Giga Chads and that's what's super fun for them, then of course they're going to hate this discussion. Of course they're going to tell us to shut up. Of course they're going to tell whoever's saying, hey, you know, this is what we find fun. No one has a right, especially streamers, especially you guys, especially everyone. You know, you guys are content creators. No one has the right to tell you how you should be playing this game or the way the game should be going. But but they all do. I don't think they do. I think that is the flea market's a direct shot at the people that it helps I don't see how that's even an argument. I don't think like, see, everyone says streamers are always trying to do A, B and C, but I never see that. I don't think it's streamers. I see it more on Reddit than I do from streamers. It, it just seems contradictory to me that to say that no one should tell you how to play the game, yet somebody wants to dictate the vision was to have a flea market in this game, yeah. and now it wants to be removed by the players. There, at no point has BSG said, ooh, the flea market was a bad idea. Ooh, we shouldn't have put that in. It's players saying, yeah. no, we don't want somebody to have access to it, and that's what I'm trying to figure out is who shouldn't have access to everything in the game and why. That's what no one's been able to explain. So I'm just being really protective because I feel like everything's getting pushed onto Slash right now. And even in his natural Reddit post, he said, like, I don't know if this is the best idea, but he just wanted to get the discussion going. And the discussion definitely got started, right? And, and whether good or bad. So from my perspective, I got nothing against Slush. I honestly don't. I, I think his opinion is his opinion and it doesn't really bother me. And actually, it didn't change my opinion on the flea market at all. What I'm seeing is a lot of high level players complain about the flea market. And if you combine a high level player with someone who's played Tarkov for four years, they really hate the flea market. And they always use the same kind of language when they talk mm -hmm. about the game. They talk about the traders. And they talk about buying everything and selling everything to the traders. Because I think for a long time, that's all you had. So that's what you just got used to. And when someone's over level 40, we talked about presets before. The flea market doesn't matter because you just buy everything from the traders. You have a preset, boom, traders, done. And there is some incentive to level. But I think you also forget what it's like to be level three at that point as well. And I think that the people who are threatened the most by the flea market are the level 40 people because the level three people can gear out just the same way. And I, I'm not, but I'm not worried about that. Like in, in no way are people worried about that because game knowledge, map knowledge, I, I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about, if, if I was going to be honest, is just, I, I would rather see the traders be basic stuff. I would rather see like basic bones, AKs, SKSs, because those are the fights that are really fun, right? At the beginning of a wipe, everyone, 90% of the player base, again, I'm not going to generalize, but I'm going to say like 90%, 80% love the start of a wipe because it's just like fun battles. You know, you just got all these random guns. And that's what I would say would be a really fun Tarkov. Now, is that the vision? I don't know what the vision is. I'm not going to say what the vision is, but you don't see a game developer not listening to people that do play this game either, right? Even if they have a vision, if something's not fun, something's not fun. So obviously people are going to complain about what they'd like and dislike. You know, I have seen people level 20 and 15 and 10 and, you know, saying that they do, they wouldn't mind the change at all. But 
Well, what's interesting about that is that what I've observed in my conversations with people, and I don't tell them my opinion, I usually just ask questions in the Xville Discord when I'm talking to people about the flea market is if you have a background playing MMOs or any kind of a persistent game, the flea market makes total sense to you. If you've only played FPS games and you have never played a game with an economy, the flea market makes no sense at all. And you're just like, everything's so expensive. I'm always broke. This is dumb. Tarkov is the FPS fix, but it also has this persistent money situation, right? That if you're used to how in-game economies work, you can take full advantage of it. And because of that, I think it attracts a whole different player base and a lot more people than just an FPS game that goes through a seasonal interest and then everyone quits it. Let me ask you this, because I've never really played MMOs. If there's something on the trader that is 100 gold, it's pretty good. It's, it's, It's fairly high level. Let's just use 100 gold. If it was on the flea market, how much would it be generally? Most MMOs don't work like that. You don't buy top tier loot from a trader. You buy it through doing some kind of uh, questing or some kind of currency. So you earn it. Gotcha. And and, and I think typically we, the best loot in the game is from high tier PVE. Yeah. So we, we were talking about this before, you know, Eroctic put out a video. I, I think his vision, you know, on how he wanted to do things. And I explained it to you guys. It's the same idea, right? And it made sense. His idea was uh, you have daily, weekly and monthly tasks and you get some sort of currency for doing them. So say, let's let's use, for example, Bitcoins. You get Bitcoins from doing special stuff and then high value items and loot, which you could still find in the world, but it's very rare, like slick armor, you know, your RK2 hand grip, stuff like that has to be bought with this currency. And then everything else in the traders is basics, basic bones, right? Yeah. The problem with that system mm-hmm. from from my perspective is the the risk reward is not fun and not worth it in this game. So you would spend a whole month farming up one set of gear that you get you lose by getting headshot uh, gotcha. in one raid. Yeah. And yeah. so so it's not it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. So the way that MMOs work in persistent MMOs is you don't lose everything. You can you have the ability to use it. Now it might degrade and you may have to earn currency or something to fix it over time, but if you're going to I, I, I don't even think games where you lose everything are hardcore. I think it's a design choice that doesn't necessarily make it hardcore because all it does is just affect the way that people play. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't make it, in my opinion, hardcore, but that's a different conversation. But the way that most MMOs work, if you if you get a special item, you don't have the risk of it going away forever, but it can be worn out, worn out and repaired, worn out and repaired. I personally would not play a system that was designed like that. I wouldn't grind for a month to get an item that I could lose in five minutes. Uh, to me, that's not worth it for my time, and it's not fun. Do you think the system is is good right now? Then do you think it, it, it like do you think they should go revert back to F find and raid and just let it go? What do you think then? What's what's your opinion on the flea market? I don't think the find and raid hurt anybody. I think it helped more people than it hurt. And I think the flea market should be available at level one because I think that there's many different types of play styles. And if you're a great FPS player, you're going to win at Tarkov without the flea market. And if you're not a great FPS player, you're going to win at Tarkov using the flea market and you're going to be an equal playing field with the people who are really, really good. And I think that if Tarkov would just make those two changes, 
and not listen to the people who don't know anything about in-game economies and don't have a lot of experience with in-game economies because those are the people that are complaining about it because they don't understand it. Mm -hmm. It could be in a great, great state. It would attract and retain people like me a lot longer. So you're saying because you have to get to level 10, that's deterring you from playing more? I'm saying that when I had to get to level 10, this this wipe, I found it to be a barrier that I, I was measuring the amount of time that it would take. And I was realizing that if I didn't have the network of people that I have to play with, you know, if I didn't have two or three or four people that always wanted to play with me, it would have taken me a long time to get to level 10. And I would I would have not have been able to really realize the benefit of how much better the play experience could be with the flea market because your inventory is full and what are you going to do? You, you, you can't really make any money because the traders aren't buying anything. They did the RMT thing and they screwed up all the item value and all that stuff. And, and all that did was hurt the new players who don't know a lot about the game. It, it, it basically hurt the new customers and rewarded the top 1% of players who don't have to worry about any of those things anyways. To me, it all comes down to the fact that I don't think the people who are purely FPS guys understand in-game economies and how they could benefit them. Everybody wins with the flea market. That's just it. You know, I hear people who are like high level who are aggressive players or not aggressive players, but they don't understand in-game economies that complain about being broke. I don't know how you can be broken, Tarkov, but I play the game differently. If you have knowledge in this game, like, you know, just go look at my one of my money run videos. It's pretty simple. You pick a location. Uh, you know, I'll give you one. It's a uh, village on shoreline. It's not hit that much. You know, you right. like, but, but here's the other piece to that. So let's say you're, let's say you're not a new player, but you always go after the Ledex in, you know, in whatever in resort, those people who always go after the high value loot die seven out of 10 times and complain about the game being broken and that the flea market's broken. They can't afford everything. I just don't play like that. I don't but care you're, about but the you're, assume, you're just assuming that you don't know if those are the players, right? You're like you're just assuming those are the players complaining. Well, the people like me aren't complaining. I mean, I don't, I don't complain about dying, but I also don't run into resort with the expectation that. Oh, for sure. Like, but you know I, what I mean. I, I guess, I guess my my whole point is that the flea market changes didn't benefit anybody except the high-end players. The high-end players still run in, try to get the Ledex, whatever, and still can sell it. So in my head. You know, I like the find and raid thing only because it forces me then to use that gear. I like that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I found something. I probably won't sell it right now. I'm going to use it instead. And I think people don't quite understand that because they have a mindset of if it's not tier five or tier six armor, and if it's not meta, it's useless to me. Where in my eyes, it's like, ooh, you know, a free run. You know, it's just a fun free run that I can do and maybe get that tier five and tier six. I think what it comes down to is you're right. The flea market can do whatever it wants. I really don't care because I benefit from it. So I'm not going to complain about it. What I do really want to see, though, is where I do think the issues are is where the loot is. Because if Shoreline, you're going to find a fight in resort. That's it. You're not going to really find many fights on village side or anywhere else because the loot, like the high value, high tier loot is right over there. But if we got dynamic loot, people would stay in the map longer. There would be people with that means more loot pinatas when you find them. And I think people would go all over the map looting everything. So let me ask you this. This is a critical thing, I think. Do you think Tarkov is only an FPS game? No, not at all. So do you think a successful raid is you have to find a fight? 
No, but I think that is the highlight of it, right? Like when you when you get out, if you fight five scavs or five players, it's exciting, right? So you fight PVE, it's just as exciting too. If it's if it's fun to you. What if you went into the raid and all you did was loot? Yeah, that would be boring. That would be boring as hell. If I just went in and there was no one, nothing to do but loot, right? I didn't say there was nothing to do but loot, but that's all that happened was you just looted. Oh, and, and then it, you were out. It, it, oh, I still, I still like doing that. Yeah, of course. So it's not that it starts off with nothing to do. I guess my point is like what what I heard you say was that you go in to Shoreline yeah. and you're looking for a fight and you're looking for that fight up at resort, but you don't find the fight in village. So village is not as fun to play. No, no, no. I'm what I'm saying is people aren't finding reasons to go to other areas either, right? Like you're not going to village except for to get the maybe something good or something like that. Here's 10 keys. I'll show you 10 keys. You guys can tell me which two are the good keys where if dynamic loot was there, okay, now I'm going to go and I'm going to search all these other rooms. Also, it makes, it makes having keys actually exciting. It makes having opening rooms. I don't know what's behind the door. Aletics was here instead of being like, Oh, 226, the Aletics was there. Awesome. Great. Good. Okay. on to the next thing. Right. I think not knowing what's behind a door or in a, in a, in a weapon crate is is the excitement that Tarkov can bring. And so let me ask you this. Okay. Do you think that people that that chat into resort right now and head right to 226 would play the game if there was dynamic loot and it wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Because I guarantee you there's more of a chance for a Letex to be on one of those floors because there's so many places to loot in resort than there is on Shoreline or on Village, right? So like there's still going to be you having keys, there's still going to be a higher chance behind locked doors to find loot than there is on just a random crate. If we had dynamic loot and it wouldn't affect the people that run into the high value loot spaces anyways, then what difference does it make for the flea market to be available at level one and let the person go but I didn't kill say, a scab I didn't in say the swamp? That. I didn't say that flea market shouldn't be level one. I, I never said that. And find and raid was the last part of my comment. If they want to try level one flea market, and this is the big thing that I'm down with, try it out. You know what I mean? I'm so ready for them to just try something crazy. Like I'm for that. That's what we're there for. We're there to beta test. But I think the issue right now is if we just try a month of no flea market, we try a month of this, we try a month of that. Everyone loses their mind instead of being like, okay, we could try it. And then when it fails, I can tell you, I told you so. Yeah. And I can see that. And and I actually kind of agree with you there. I mean, the game still technically is beta. They are trying different ideas. And my point is not to be confrontational with you at all. It's, it's just always how we've been. My, I got it. <laughs> I don't mean to be at all. I actually agree with most of, most of what you say about what it is. It's just my experience has been different. I guess in the game this this wipe and I, I I think that the find and raid thing hurt people who can't play thirty to forty hours or more a week because like leveling up the hideout was a pain in the butt for me I just I I mean I how long was I looking trigger for like a plug a, a, a plug yeah I just and it, it's like but here's the thing how good did it, was it feel a G phone. How, okay. it was the G but phone. here's the thing no how it was good, a G phone it was yeah. a G phone but here's the thing also on the other end is how good did that feel when you found it. It didn't. I was pissed and I just thought it was stupid. (laughs) Okay. There's another aspect to a game design that is like time invested versus reward reward for time invested. I got that. And I don't know how many 
tens of hours it was looking for a G phone. It was way too much time invested to be fun to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get, I get it. Sorry, Trigger. We, we're cutting you off. What? Do you, what, do you, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. I actually love this conversation for a number of reasons because a couple of the like hot button things that we all tend to take, and I think everybody sort of takes. So, like, dynamic loot is this one that gets thrown around, and it's we're all experiencing the game right now. We're beta testing. There's a vision for the game. And it's like, well, if this changed, then this would happen. But the truth is, is that there's so many systems in this game. And there's now so many people playing in so many different play styles. Right? Like, I look at dynamic loot, right? And you you ask, like, well, do you think the people that rush resort right now would, would still do that? And I would argue that the answer is a hard no. And the reason I believe that is what I've seen out there is the people that run to resort for Letex, at least that I watch, tend to run straight for those rooms, not for the Letex, because of the PvP that goes there. And if dynamic loot exists and you can find everything anywhere on the map, and yeah, if there's a higher chance behind a door, that may incentivize it a little bit. But if I can run around village and find Letexes, there's a significant chunk of people that would prefer not to do PvP and would prefer PvE, and they're going to go loot the stuff anywhere in the map. And I and I heard you, Geek, say something about item scarcity, and that's your biggest concern with the flea market. Well, they buffed loot spawns in open areas not that long ago, and if you start spawning everything all over the map, like it just can create a massive cluster. And what it all points to for me is that you know, the things that they talked about on the Russian podcast, the things like adding daily quests and they're adding more quests and they're changing some. And, you know, there's just not enough happening right now as it relates to persistency for us to really know what way this thing's going. And like hearing that Nikita is close to his vision, like, okay, <laughs> what is it? Because it's like cultists when... <laughs> Right. It's I, I don't know what to believe right now. It's probably going to be point. But I heard probably cultists back in January, a month after I started playing. Some of that stuff is exciting, but I'm getting to the point where what is the vision? What does persistency mean to them? Does that mean you have a, a seasonal character and one that is always there and will never get erased? Or is it that it's open? Like, what is it? Because all of this dynamic loot and all of that, it's it's trying to fix a game state right now that I don't know, man. I, I I see people in every camp coming back to the word fun and and struggling. We talked about Ghost Freak earlier today. He flat out said he's not having fun right now. Yeah, it's because he's and, only on one server, right? Being only on one I, and server and that. having no people on it, it's not fun. And getting stream sniped yeah, and, yeah. and there's all that stuff. I, I get that. But my point is there's people that are like, they don't want to get shot in the head every time, right? They're, it's a fun thing. And there's all of these fun aspects of the game. And I just, I don't know, man. I just feel like there's some real opportunity through adding some systems that don't hurt anybody but benefit players. Where I think with like dynamic loot would, would be the benefit, though, is right now you go to Shoreline and 80% of the players are going to that one spot, say. I'm not saying, you know, the viewer, the, the listener right now is going there, but I'm telling you right now, 80% of the players are going to the same location or 70%. They're going to resort. And that map is so big that it's it's doing a disservice for the game 
for you to be going to only one spot on a map and having the same style fights. Like what's so exciting about this game is you never know what's around the corner. You never know where you're going to fight. But now it's becoming, I know where I'm going to fight. I know where I'm going to find fights. I know where I'm not going to find fights and I'm going to go there. Where if you didn't know what was around every corner because you're searching over here, you're searching over there, there's a locked room, there's a locked room. I think it would be more quote unquote fun for everyone. Fun, 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 fun. You said the word that I always come back to this lens and I I know everyone probably is sick of us saying this word and relating things back to it. But one of the most challenging things that I find for myself is I know what I find fun in Tarkov and sometimes it's unexplainable. Sometimes I'm having a blast and if I'm playing with someone and they're miserable and they're like, <laughs> like what's going on with you right now? And I'm like, I, I, I can't even tell you. I, I can't explain what just happened and how awesome that went. And they're like, we'll try. And it's like, well, I, I wanted to do the grenade here. It hit this. It bounced over here. And I got that. You had to be there. Right. Tarkov is a you had to be there kind of game. And so getting out of that lens of what do I find fun and what's going to be fun for the whole player base can be really challenging, which is why I think we take the first point on our show note. And we went for over an hour talking about just that. So but I want to come back to that because we could we can go into any of these issues over and over and and we can we can argue about the nuance. And what I hope everyone hears from that conversation is there's a whole heck of a lot that all three of us agree on. There may be implementation that we disagree on and that's okay. And it's always going to be that way. And I think that's because of our own lens. But at the end of the day, I want the most amount of people to have fun playing this game possible. So with that, I want to switch over and just say there, there's no way we're getting through our entire list. We're going to cut two main topics out. What of the Russian podcast geek that you heard are you most excited for, uh, regardless of when it's coming to the game? But what excites you about what you saw in that Russian So, of course, before podcast? I go into that, I have one thing to add. <laughs> um you know, first, you saw a lot of us talk about this game very passionately. And I think that has something to say about this game is is it doesn't matter if you're a Redditor that reads all the time. If you do, it's because you're passionate about the game. It's just we have a lot of fans of this game that really want they just want to keep playing it. They don't want to see some sort of, you know, the flea market go away because then that would ruin the game for them. And then they don't play this game and they love this game. Right. So. Of course, like I always say, I always look at both ends. I'm always looking at the the starters at the beginners, and I'm always looking at the veterans because that's who I make videos for. I make videos a lot for beginners and intermediates. And, you know, the veterans already are the veterans. They don't watch the type of stuff I put out a lot of times. Right. So we are very passionate about this. And the other thing I want to bring up is there's no other game out there that you can have like six bad raids and then one good one can make your whole day like this is the greatest like this game's awesome you know what i mean like it can turn everything around where in any other game it's just like you have a bad day you continuously have a bad day but you can have one one good day but um anyways so what i'm excited for you know i think this thursday they're going to be announcing a lot more stuff so you know there is a podcast coming out that's english psg's doing but i'm excited for like like I said, dynamic loot, I, I think that's one of the main things that I'm really excited for. I think it's going to change the way this game's played, where the fights are. You know, it'll it'll bring a lot of people out of their comfort zone, too, which I'm really excited for. You know, there's going to be more fights. And also, you know what? Woods. 
I think Woods getting expanded on is going to be unreal because I do like good sniper fights. Personally, personally, I think they should get rid of thermals. That's just me. I think thermals have no place in this game, really, even though I know I've killed people with thermals without having a thermal myself. Don't get me wrong, but I just I don't know. I just don't feel like it has a place in this game and them talking about adding more kind of upset me. But I'm just excited for a woods expansion. And that's what I think everyone needs right now, to be honest, is like new maps change you know even though there is a lot of maps you know you don't play labs often no one really goes plays labs that often unless you are that giga chat so i'm just excited to see more content getting added to the game in sense of more places for us to go look around more places for hell me to do guides and stuff yeah I, i think the woods map and dynamic loot is like the two things that i'm like really interested in seeing how dynamic loot's gonna change the way the game's played I, I'm actually super interested in in woods dynamic loot. I, I'm I'm up in the air. I'm not sure about the uh, how they implement it. Right. I think there's a number of ways that it could go really well. I think there's a number of ways it may not go mm-hmm. well. I think the good news is about dynamic loot for me personally is just recently they upped the world spawn loot is what I would call it. But the the loose areas you find loot they upped the quantity of things that could be found. So does that reduce? Some of the scarcity of items, it does, but it tells me that they're willing to mess with loot. And with dynamic loot, I think that's going to take a lot of tweaking. So the fact that they were just messing around with that not too long ago, I feel like they can figure out a way to make that work. It's one of those things that I'm not sure dynamic loot helps anybody have more fun, but it may it may switch it up a little bit and we'll see. I mean, if they change it, they change it, we'll check it out. The Woods expansion is super interesting to me. I find Woods to be the map I least like going to. And before the Customs expansion, Customs was the number two map that I really didn't like playing on. And now I really, really like Customs. So for the past like two months, everybody on this podcast has heard me talk about how I've been playing Interchange and Factory. That's basically all I did. And then this last week, I played customs almost exclusively and had an absolute blast. And I think the spreading of the players having more options for flanking, for avoiding, for everything on customs has made it just a really fun map for me. Whereas before it was like 50-50 when I was crossing through the middle of the map, I was going to get killed from somewhere I didn't see him. Just the way that I play. So I didn't really enjoy that. So I avoided it when I could. So Woods is the same kind of thing. I think if you can add another lane or even a half lane for normal rotations, because that's what I feel like they did on customs. Customs had two lanes with a barrier down the middle at a very simplistic state. And there was a couple places you could cross that barrier. And Woods is kind of like a massive choke point at the lumber camp. And then that small amount of area between lumber camp and the wall. And that's what's rough about it. So if they can add another lane or a half lane to the middle of the map, or wherever do, they do you know it. where they're adding it Could, did you hear where they're no i don't oh, so no, you know no. where the the car extract is yeah that's where they're they're expanding it i think that's fantastic i mean just again it's going to take pressure off of the main choke and allow people to move around a little bit more for me just that they didn't add i guess they, i mean it is a lot of space that they added on customs but there's really only a couple major loot spots, right? And I don't think they need to add all these high tier loot spots. 
I think giving players options to move around the map a little bit more is a really good thing, especially on the choke point heavy maps, which I think Woods and Customs were the two that absolutely or are absolutely the hardest as far as choke points go. Well, four months ago, you know, everyone was saying how it's so stupid. Customs is the beginner map for every task. And everyone was like, oh, this is dumb. It shouldn't be Customs. It should be spread out. And now no one really complains about that because Customs is very well rounded now i think it's a i think i agree with you i love the customs expansion i think it is if you were to ask me i think it's the most well balanced map in in tarkov to to be quite yeah. honest um you know i've had that discussion before what's the most well balanced map and i think the new customs it, it, it probably is it's interesting because i totally agree with you about the thermals on woods woods is woods is rough man yeah and, and it's it's it, it it makes it not fun right and this is, I used to use thermals on woods, you know, the last wipe, but it was almost, it did feel a little bit like cheating almost because you just have to hide somewhere and you just pick people off kind of. I, I feel like, you know, you know how I feel about thermals though now? It's like those, it's the who's and who's nots now because, because it's, they're so expensive now because they're hard. So it's like the haves and the haves nots for who has the million rubles that they can spare and go kill people and who doesn't. It's just like the T10s or whatever they're called. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain element of that. Some people are just better at using them too, I think. Mm -hmm. And if you can afford them, you have probably have a lot, a lot of time in games, so you're better at using them. But the Woods expansion would be interesting to me. I just don't play Woods, and I don't care about the task system, so I just don't ever play Woods. And I think that it would be more fun, and I might actually play it more. Because I know with the Customs rework, I play Customs a whole lot more now. Because I do agree with you 100%. Customs is a much better experience as a player now. Can I, can I ask you a question? Sorry, before. Why don't you do tasks? Again, this is just my opinion, right? I don't I don't see a point in leveling. I can buy everything that I want. And the traders to me are not really that useful because a lot of the things that are useful about the traders are gated so far out. It's such a time investment that to me, it's just it's I don't have that much time to play. So I play the game. I don't worry about trying to work these systems that have such a, a long, you know, a long end to them. And at the end of that, so I watch my friends invest a lot of time and then they get Kappa and they're like, oh, I'm going to reset my account. And I'm like, there's no point in that to me. Let me, let me put it this way. When Tarkov goes persistent, my opinion will totally change because then over time I can just chip away at it, right? And it'll be much more meaningful because I'll know that what I have done won't get reset because I worked really hard in the last wipe using the limited time that I do have to play. I got into the mid 40s and that was a large time investment for me. And when it all got reset, it didn't feel fun to me. So I decided this wipe that I wasn't going to care about that. I was going to have fun. And so leveling for me has just been a byproduct of playing the way that I want to play. Really, I, I, I basically leveled to get the hideout to the point where I could get three Bitcoins a day. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, I really don't care because my ratio for living now is so high that I have more money than I can spend and I don't even play that much. So I guess getting back to the point now, I just do things that I want to do. So if Woods got reworked, I would actually play Woods a little bit more. But with the Customs rework, I'm really enjoying Customs because Customs was odd. You know, it, Customs really funneled you into one spot and now it's everything's all over the place. I think it's a lot of fun. And I still love Shoreline. Everybody knows who listens to the show that Shoreline's my favorite map. I still enjoy playing Shoreline quite a bit too. And Trigger has got my love for Factory up. So I play a lot of Factory now. You know what I was 
wasn't thinking about was the compass. The compass is coming out with the next 12.8. And I was like, oh, that's going to be really good for newer players. But, you know, older players, it, it doesn't really matter. But actually, uh, someone brought up this point in my YouTube comment, and I'm totally changed my opinion on it because I was listening to them because I listened to, to viewers also um, is from now, instead of being like he's in front of the hill on the left side, now we're going to be able to pull out the compass and be like, he's northwest. You know, he's in that direction. That's where I last saw him. I didn't think about that, really. And yeah, it's probably going to take time for you to pull out your compass. And it, it, it it's kind of like a cost benefit you're going to have to think about in the middle of a fight. But it's it's going to be really nice to have. There's really no downside to a compass. I mean, I've played so oh. much PUBG that compass is like, it, it does take time. It doesn't matter how much time it takes. But at the end of the day, to be able to, I mean, if it takes four seconds to pull your compass out, you're not going to do that. But it, it'll probably be reasonable. I don't I mean, think, the I think it's going to take four seconds, dude. I think so, it's going to take a while. It, you think so? Oh, yeah. Wasn't there original picture of it on your watch, though, or on your wrist? Yes. So it's going to be a basic compass that way. I think they're only doing a super basic compass. But like, think of like you checking your magazine. You know what I mean? It takes, what, two and a half seconds or something? You know what I mean? Like, it's going to take time for you to do that. And then, A, if it's super basic, you're going to have to kind of figure out, because it's not going to be like PUBG, where it's like, you're just looking in the direction it's about, no, no. right? And so you're going to have to look at it and kind of figure out on this thing where you're where you're kind of looking. So it's I think it's going to take time, but that that's going to be the... I'm going to come back to that it's pacing, right? Yeah. And my, my point is that to spot an enemy, PUBG's pace is fast, right? When you get into the end circle and people are really close and you know they're really close, which you never really know in Tarkov, right? You can expect or hear something that leads you to believe that, but you just don't know. So the pacing of Tarkov can be so much slower. And so my point is the faster paced PUBG, even in a fast paced high stakes gunfights going on, there will still be times where somebody says, where'd you see them? And you take that second to look up and you think, okay, they're 320, they're 200 meters out, and you give that communication and it's important. I think in a slower paced game, in terms of the open areas especially, which is where this has become valuable, right? You're not going to be in the resort saying he's at yeah. Northwest, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? You're going to say he's down the hall to the right, right? It's it's open areas where this becomes really valuable. And the pacing of Tarkov is such that it's often really beneficial for you to give accurate communication to your teammate versus taking a shot and even spotting. So if it's an even if it's an action like, oh, I need to look down and it obscures your vision or something, it's going to be used a lot because being able to say northwest 200 meters out versus oh he's over by sniper rock oh i don't know what sniper rock is i don't know what that com i mean the the amount of conversation right now that i've been involved in around trying to figure out or explain where someone's at especially when you don't play with someone that often and you have different comms takes way longer than 4 seconds so i think it'll be good i actually think it's going to be a uh, a good addition for new players so they can orient themselves on a map. Although I learned map knowledge probably the same way that you guys did by using landmarks. Mm -hmm. Like, I, like I, I liked Shoreline because the power lines were like a compass to me when I started playing it. And so I just used them like a guide. But I can see how if you come from other games, the compass will help. It's probably going to be one of those things that people think is going to be this. You either have a strong opinion about it or you don't care. 
And in the at the end of the day, it's probably not going to end up mattering much to most people, would be my opinion. It'll just be one of those things that we just use. I mean, it's not like it's a map. And comms and Tarkov are so different than most other games. They're just so different, right? Well, that's the hardcore nature, right? Like, I don't remember which one of you said it earlier, but hardcore being applied to Tarkov, to me, simply defines the lack of UI, or mostly lack of UI when you're running around shooting and stuff. The The fact that you lose your gear or whatever else, you're right. I think that's a game game design choice. Solo players probably aren't going to care about the compass at all. It may help for guide videos, you know, like, hey, you hit this landmark, look at your compass, point northwest and walk till you see this thing. It'll be really nice for that aspect of finding things or showing or telling someone where to go. You're either going to like it or you're not, <laughs> you know, and it's that's I that's think, why I, I think you're like going to either like that's it why I like or you it. just don't care, which is the best thing to add. But because it's either the yeah, best yeah, thing yeah, to yeah, add. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not yes. negative for anybody. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why I love it. And exactly. I, I can't believe I. that's what I was trying to get my brain to figure out is why I like it so much. And that's it. Because See, the, it doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. The best addition to the game would be one where it's either liked or indifferent. Those kinds of things are are the best things that BSG can do for Tarkov going forward, at least in the short term, I think. But I'm interested in the heavy bleeds coming. You know, heavy bleeds are coming to the game, so there's going to be two different bleeds, and it's looking like you're going to have that X-strat, it's called, or X-stat, I think. So you're going to have to use a special injector to plug this thing up really fast. So it's pretty much just, you know what it is? It's just you have to carry around another injector or something on you. You know what I mean? It's just like you have to have your splint on you now. You have to have this on you. You have to have this on you. And you know what? The people that's hurting the most, to be honest, are the people that have basic addition. Because, yeah. you know what I mean? They're going to have to lose something every time or they're not going to be able to take it. Do you think it'll make Grizzlies useful again? Do you think Grizzlies will handle this? That's a good, actually, I didn't even think about that. Because they're useless right yeah, now. Yeah, grizzlies are definitely useless. Uh, yeah, that might be actually something like, in my head, what's going to happen is you inject this, it's really fast, it stops the bleed, or it takes like two Salua wraps or something, you know, you have to go through the animations like twice or something for it. That Zagastine right now, uh, you know, the purple injector that's useless right now, that stops yeah. blood loss when you get into fights. You know, I said this in my YouTube video, it wouldn't hurt for you guys to go out and grab three or four of them if you have the money. Because it, it might skyrocket the price. But you know what? I was very wrong. I'll admit I was very wrong on the uh, the stims when they first came out from the boss. I said they were going to be million. Like, I thought they were going to be like half a million rubles to a million rubles at first. And then like straight out the gate, it was like, here, you want a mule? It's 50,000. You know what I mean? And, you know, we can agree or disagree that those should be in the game. Again, it's scarcity. Oh, you know what? You know I what? I think that's player numbers, man. I think that's the difference in the game now versus the game that was or the vision is that when you have 10 times the amount of people playing, you know, if they added those stims before the December drops event last year, those stims probably would have been a million, right? I, there's probably no doubt about it. I, I got a question for you, Geek, and I mean this like okay. using the history, yeah. you know, your encyclopedic knowledge. Okay. It seems to me Every time BSG adds a negative to your PMC, like a like a bleed, for example, yeah. they also add a counter to it. And now we have so many things that can go wrong and so many counters that eventually it gets to be so many things you have to carry with you and you just can't mitigate, like mitigation, right? You can't have enough to mitigate a bunch of different scenarios. Like at what point is that not enough or is that too much? Or what do you think about that? It, it eventually becomes like I have to have 
my gamma filled with all this random in case. It's just like, in case this happens, I have to have this. In case this happens, I have to have this. Now, that doesn't really affect anyone because it's just like CMS kit, right? Like the reason I take a CMS kit instead of a survival kit is because it's cheaper. If I find um, something like, say, a LEDX or a GPU, I can quickly take it out and replace it with the with the GPU and it's not much money loss. I think all this stuff is doing, it is very much a negative effect for the basic players because you, what, what do you have to have in there now? You have to have, if you're a basic player, uh, you want a Salua or something in there, especially if they're rare to you. You want some sort of painkiller in there. You want your uh, splint in there. You're gonna want this fast bleeding thing now in there. Uh, you, you know, and, and then you and you're out of room. Yeah, now. <laughs> well, you're out of room a while ago, and then you want Vaseline because that's a a, a quick and easy painkiller. Everyone pre pops because it's just an easy thing to do. When does this stuff make? It, it's like, is this stuff making the game a better game? I'm not going to say more fun, but when does it make it a better <laughs> game? Like, are these heavy bleeds going to make the game better and more exciting and more, you know, immersive? Or are they just like another nuisance and you're going to be like, nah, you know what I mean? And it's just like the weight system. I thought the weight system was great. I really did. But that's my opinion. But now, even if you hate the weight system, you can get a mule and inject yourself with a mule and it doesn't matter. Yeah, 9% damage. But by the time you're using a mule, you're probably near the end of the raid and you're trying to just get out of there anyways. But it, it seems like they put these systems in place and then they're putting these counters in place. And I don't think... I don't know if there it's a good way to see if these systems are the best for the game or they are fitting if there's just a way to counter them because then you're not actually seeing what they do. Now, I will say one thing in Tarkov's defense, trying to balance any game is something that all game developers struggle with. It's impossible. So finding, it's impossible. It's impossible. And, and, and this is not, it's not realistic for the player base to put it all on BSG mm -hmm. to make it all just magically perfect because every game has balance issues. So I think we do need to we do need to give them a little bit of a break from that perspective. Sometimes, honestly, too, design decisions that come from developers, like like we're we're talking about, well, it doesn't matter if it's a a counter or a counterpoint, right, to whatever something that needs to be mitigated, right, is my is my point. Sometimes those decisions don't really come from a place of considering the net effect of all of the other things, because maybe if Nikita sat down and said, "Oh, wait a minute, yeah." Maybe, you know, now I've got to have like, you know, 15 sticks in my bag to make sure that I can get through the raid or whatever. Maybe there's like, okay, well, there's hardcore and immersive, like you're saying, but then there's hardcore and just not fun. So I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure we can put it all on BSG because balance, balance is always hard to maintain when you have a developing game, when people have new ideas, right? It is balance is tough. And then you throw an MMO system on top of any game and balance becomes just a just a mess. And so I think we are seeing some of that. I don't think it's just all on BSG. It's just the nature of what happens when you make a system like this. Well, and I think that at some point, to your point, you have so many systems and moving parts that, you know, I threw something out that was sort of said as a joke, but to prove a point, but it's cultists, right? Well, I can look at cultists and if, if I was going to take the stance to put it all on BSG, I would say, what are you doing? Where are they? But I can look back and say, okay, and this is where history does matter, right? Okay, they were doing cultists. Well, then what happened? Well, then they expanded reserve. They added the tunnel system. 
Then they expanded customs, right? And then they changed scav logic and movements and everything entirely, right? They now lean at you. They now run around sometimes. They now wiggle at you. They do all of these things that are new. So it's like maybe this development decision that they did and and was ready to go or close to ready was, oh man, it was great, but now we've changed all this other spawn in logic or whatever for scavs and it's ruining cultists. And it's just, I, I, I just can't even imagine the balancing scale that they go through. And so again, we can pick on each individual system, but I can look at something like cultists and realize like it may have been perfect for that time, but then all of these things change and maybe they're just broken right now and it's just not worth fixing them right now. So I, I agree with you said I it's it's super easy to pick on any one system, but the balancing of this game, I mean, shoot, how many issues have we talked about and we can't figure out how to balance them? Add on every other system in the game. <laughs> like well, it's it's crazy. I, I think, you know, a lot of times we're seeing stuff get implemented and we're not seeing maybe what they're implementing late. You know, the, again, yeah. I, I know everyone hates hearing it, but the game is still getting made. It's still, you, you, you don't want to call it beta? Okay, don't call it beta. But this the game is still becoming the game that it's going to be at 1.0. So we might not see, you know, they might be adding heavy bleeds, but they're not adding another something that will counter, you know, not counter it, but like add to it. And it does make a huge difference. But I will say the one thing that I think BSG has more than any other developer, and I think it does harm them, is feature creep. I think... They just have so many ideas and they want to do so many things and their uh, their vision is so grand or whatever they want to do is so much that they just start like working on this. We're, and I don't know if they do, but it just seems like feature creep is a huge issue in EFT because they want to do so many cool things with this game because again, like us, they're so passionate about it, but there has to come a time when they just got it like i don't know when the time comes but it has to come like they have to be like no this is out we're not going to get to this we're not going to get to this like let's focus on a b and c right they, they eventually they have to yeah i tend to agree with you and you know during even during this episode right like i have strong opinions on some of the things we talked about and we all have our own like opinions based on our own play styles and our own experiences and those kinds of things. But I think Geek hit it best when he said it all comes from a point of passion for the game. Mm -hmm. We love the game. We want to see it develop eventually into that 1.0 state that is sustainable for one thing, but also is fun because we all enjoy playing it, whatever or however we play it, we do all enjoy it. And so I think, I don't know, I think, I think that's a, that's a, that's a good way to round out the conversation. But before we, before we do that, man, thanks again for coming on the show. I really, oh, really no appreciate problem. it. You're always welcome. Thank you. Love guys. talking Tarkov love and everything else with you. Uh, before we head out, let everybody know where they can find you. Talk about what you're doing. The stage is yours. We want to promote you as best we can. So, so take us. Before I do that, I'm just going to say one thing, and that is to the audience. I know you guys are just as passionate as we are. I know you love this game and you might have a hill that you want to die on. But if you are going to Reddit's, if you are going to those places and, and you're really passionate about something, just please try to be, you know, just try to be courteous. The big thing I want, I want everyone to know is whether you're a streamer, a casual player, a hardcore player, you know, a content creator in general, we all love this game. We all want the best for this game. And if you have an idea to say it, without trying to, you know, just 
without calling people names or, or telling people they're idiots. Anyways, uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash geeksay. That's G-E-E-K-S-E-H. Um, I do stream Monday to Friday. I stream Monday night and then Tuesday to Friday. I stream at 8 a.m. until usually around 3-ish. Uh, I do have a YouTube. Same thing. You can search Geeksay. And on Twitter, I'm Geeksay, but with an extra H because my name was already taken. And uh, if you haven't, please, please, please go to their Patreon. Go show them some love. They do this every week for you guys. And I know a lot of you guys, you know, you don't think a dollar helps, but I know it would help these guys with doing this because it is expensive to put on a show every week. It is expensive for the podcast. Um, sorry, the ho- not the host, but the... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah is the it the right host? Word. Yeah, it's the host and stuff, yep. and and a dollar helps, guys. And I just want to say thank you, guys, again for having me on. I'm always having fun on here. I I think what's the best is you have three people here that just have their own lines in the sands that are trying to argue or just discuss a point and try to get the other person to see it. But yeah, we might not ever see it. But again, we just want the best. We just want to have fun. like we just want this game to survive and not have some game copy it and ruin this game right can you imagine trying to develop this game <laughs> i don't i don't i honestly don't think i don't think there's ever going to be a competitor <laughs> like you know i always thought there was maybe going to be a competitor for this game maybe like because obviously with how the drops event happened and so many people coming over and and, and people like and developers would be like this is great like this is good but i just don't think any anyone has the balls to take this on i don't, I don't even i don't even think if you had a triple a studio with a thousand people you could take this on i think it would no because imagine how much they fight <laughs> and but here's like, here's the thing at least you know what the, i'll give credit for bsg is they're pretty good at being like this is the way it is if you don't like it this isn't the game for you where I think other AAA developers would be like, oh, you want this changed? Okay, yes, let's go change. You know what I mean? And I think that's what is so amazing about this game is most of the time, 99% of the, even if people want to say they all the streamer bullshit, 99% of the time, they just say, okay, we'll look into it. That's all they'll say. Okay, we'll look into it. Yeah, absolutely. One more thing, though, I want make sure you tell people what time zone that is for those times. Oh, yeah. So 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Tuesday to Friday and then Monday. I just start around like 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you're at work and you have an extra monitor and you want to throw me on, I'm all about having fun, you know, and if you're looking for like that super Chad that goes intense and everything. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not me even close but if you're looking for a community that is there to have fun we're always smiling we're always laughing we're always making jokes about me and every once in a while having some good fun and some good raids we're there but i think the best part about my community honestly is because i'm one of the quote unquote like new player helpers you know what i mean like my beginner guide does really well like i'm one of those guys that does tutorials for everyone that is my community really wants to help people out so if you're looking for a community that you know you want to just find new players to play with you want to just have fun you just want to maybe gain some knowledge or ask questions and not feel like you're going to get berated about asking something like there's you don't even know how many times i've gotten asked how do you rotate items and maybe in some streams you'll get berated or you would just be like someone would say something snarky in my channel it's like it's R, dude you know, the big thing I always tell people is we all started from knowing nothing in this game. I don't care who you are. 
and you want to say, oh, I knew everything. I already knew everything. It's like, you know, like we all started from knowing nothing. And that's what we want to help people is getting to know at least a little something, something. So that's my spiel. I hope I sold you on the stream. Just come by, say hello. Absolutely. And you got to say that in our show, Geek, because we have listeners on Deezer, which is the Spotify of Europe. Oh. So you may think that you may think that you know wherever podcasts are listened to, but let me tell you, just start a podcast and you can find out everywhere podcasts are listed. But anyways, I wanted to make sure that everybody, everybody caught those times because Geek's got a great community. You'll see Trigger and I every now and then hanging out or lurking or giving them a hard time or just having a good time with them. So everyone should go check Geek out. But that's pretty much it. I can see the green bar flashing, which means we are running towards the green smoke at the back of resort, trying to avoid the Xville camper Twitch guy. He's missing, he's missing though. So we're owning. <laughs> but before we go, I want to thank everybody for listening or watching to the show. Be sure to check out youtube.com slash XP Media now for the talk show version of this show. If you're an audio only listener, we do appreciate you as well. So if you're an audio only listener, thank you, thank you, thank you. You've been on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all over the place. We've left a lot of five-star reviews. Please continue to review the show on those platforms. All it does is help the magic algorithms extend the show to as many people as possible, which just makes our community better. So that's pretty much it for this week. We hope you all have a great week and with your raids. Good luck with your raids and have a good time. So that's pretty much it for me. Awesome. We'll see everybody later. Thank you, Geeks. Thanks, Thank man. Thank you.